Welcome back to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, episode 67. I am one of your hosts, Meredith Root, here with the always lovely, chatty, enthusiastic, humorous, and beautiful co-host, Alex Parker. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like a, here's what that sounded like just then. You've reached the voicemail of Alex Parker. (laughs) Please leave a message after the tone. Beep. Hi, Alex. Uh, This is Meredith, your uh, girlfriend, partner, business partner, podcast co-host, and I would really like a bit more enthusiasm on your end. Okay, wait. Have you ever left me a voicemail message? Do you think? I don't think I have. Have you left me a voicemail? No, I don't think so. I usually try calling you and then I'm like, I called. You text, text you. I called. You know who 100% always leaves a voicemail? My dad. Yes. And my dad. It's like no everyone else, like family members, friends, colleagues, clients, call, miss call. Because like, to be fair, I'm probably going to miss your call because I ignore most calls. And then a text. Hey, I tried to call. All right, cool. Call back. Every single time, though, it's like, I have a voicemail. I wonder who that's going to be. And here's how the voicemail goes. Hey, uh, just giving you a call. So call me back. And, like, you have to log, you have to, like, I know, you have to, like, to sign into your, you have to, like, type your password in. You have to wait for the prompts. Then you have to press, you have to wait to delete it. It's just. Well, I don't because I don't use Canadian. Yeah. I can literally look at it. It'll transcribe the voicemail. And then I can be like, delete. It's great. Visual voicemail is the way of the future. Maybe Canada will get there one day. Yeah. I love when I get voicemails. It's like, this is the Canadian Revenue Agency. We have a report for you to be arrested unless you give us your social security number. (laughs) And And that's not word for word, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. It's kind of like I get. And like the first time I got that, I was freaked out. Not going to lie. Yeah. I got one. uh, I mean, I get them semi-frequently. And it's like, this is so-and-so calling about your student loan debt and about paying it off. And are you like, oh, my God, I didn't know I had any. Oh, my God. I never took out a student loan in my life. I this is honestly news to me. I like my um, identity has been stolen. Okay, this is my favorite one uh semi recently that happened and to you. Yeah. So, okay, I knew you were going <laughs> to do this. Um you got it was it a, is a text message that you got? It was. So get you get a, a text message from TD Canada Trust that like this is TD Canada Trust uh fraud detection center. We've detected fraudulent activity on your credit card like click this link or whatever to resolve the issue and well no it said like it was like is does your does your card there. it begin was, with the numbers this 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 and i looked at my card and i was like oh my god but you didn't tell that to me it and does and, and so, it was like yes or no so i i wrote i typed yes yeah in in response to the text message yeah and so then it sent back like a link right and I was like, well, I would call your ca- the number on your card and just confirm with them. And so 
I didn't, I hadn't seen the text message. And so Alex is on the phone call or like on the phone with TD and explaining to them the text message. And then she says, this is what the text message says. It says we've detected fraudulent activity on, um, your card, like the card beginning with, well, no, first I said, I'm, I've got this text that, and they were like, well, we, we don't text you. We would never ask like a, a yes or no question. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. But they also like, they know the number of my card. And and the woman was like, what did it say? Everyone's card starts with the same first four digits. Yeah. You idiot. She didn't say you idiot, but like, I your, sensed it. It was her tone. Does your card start with the numbers 4724? Like every other TD credit card ever. Which I think it actually does start with that. I know, because it's a TD access card. Yeah. And all of the access cards start with 4724. Yeah. Mine too. And how do I see we should, the... What are your other numbers well, to compare? <laughs> see how many are, are, are dead on. <laughs> <laughs> Zero eight one three two eight two four two two one nine. Good luck. May the odds be ever in your favor. That's not my card number. Um, yeah, it was just it made me laugh because had you shown me the text message and like read it, I would have been like, "Oh, you dummy!" All all of the card, my card starts with those numbers too. You know what I got somewhat fooled by, but I caught on was an Instagram message saying like, Hey, how's it going from somebody that I don't really talk to. It's like an acquaintance. Yeah. It's an acquaintance. Like we've maybe messaged once in the past. So I haven't talked to you in a while, but there's never any punctuation. So it was from this guy that I know, like an acquaintance and he's somebody who like has done us a favor in the past. So I'm like, I don't want to ignore him, but it was like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, good. What's up? And then he said, I'm, I'm applying for a, um, online influencer competition and I need you to vote for me. And I was like, what does that mean? Cause I'm like, this is really weird. And he was like, it's an influencer competition. I need you to vote for me. And then I just ignored it. Cause I was like, okay, this guy's not an influencer. And then I've had it happen two more times, something like that. Usually, if hey, you, haven't talked in a while. Yeah, if you click on their stories, usually there's something up that's like they've been hacked. Yeah, it makes it clear, like it's like a picture of a bank with Bitcoin on it or something. Yeah. Like, oh, but it definitely hacked. takes me a second. Yeah. As evident by well, what we said on the last podcast was that I kept getting fooled by April Fools' jokes. <laughs> you did. You did. Speaking of the last or no, we'll get to that. Um, we were in, we were in Palm Springs this past week, which is, I said it was more than a week. It was like eight days, which, um, we didn't, we didn't pack our podcast equipment with us. So excuse the delay. Um, so we were in Palm Springs for eight days, which I haven't been in desert heat like that, like Palm Springs, 100 degree weather in i think three years and boy was that a shock to my skin mostly yeah <laughs> it was dry it was hot it was really nice though yeah palm springs if you haven't been before like the airport is really cool because you like you land and it's really convenient from calgary because there's there's so many canadians that go that there's a there's direct flights so it's only 
like a three-hour flight you land in palm springs you get off the airplane and it's like an open air airport so you walk like literally walk out of the gate into this big open area with palm trees and birds chirping and um yeah it's just really lovely and then the the car rental place is literally right outside of the baggage carousel area it's so fast it's you land and you get your bags and you get into your car and you maybe walk like a hundred feet and then as long as you're not boom boom boom. yeah as long as you're not going to like to whole foods or something that's a bit out of town you get in your car you drive for seven minutes Mm -hmm. and you are at your house it is that's the one thing about palm springs is everything is very convenient like we went to a gym there and the gym was eight minute drive away like a couple days we ran there it's just, it's so nice. Like going downtown is really quick. Like an Uber, I don't think any Uber cost over 10 bucks. No. So definitely a recommended place. And then we stayed, we stayed in the house for the first few nights with my parents. And then we moved to a hotel, the Ace Hotel. Yeah, which um, is a hotel that your dad turned us on to. And I guess it's a, like a chain. They have, um, well, I, I guess I won't call it a chain. It's a hotel group. They have 12 locations or so. Um, a couple in California, like one in L.A. They have one in Seattle, Toronto, New York, Chicago. They have one in Kyoto, Japan. And the whole vibe is just really cool. Like it's a um, – the one in Palm Springs, I, I think, like some of the – if you look at the L.A. one or like Kyoto, I think those are newer constructions. But the one in Palm Springs and definitely the one in Seattle too, they, they renovate old – buildings and so in this case they they um i guess bought like an old like just sort of palm springs motel resort kind of place and like upfit it renovated it just made it super hip and trendy it was really cool it definitely had resort vibes Mm -hmm. like we stayed there one day it was a work day so we didn't really have time to do much else but we stayed there and, and didn't leave the resort once for the whole day. It was nice. Kind of a nice. Like they have a nice restaurant and Yeah. Yeah. Nice pool. Definitely. Um but it was nice to get away. It wasn't exactly people kept asking, like, Well, are you on vacation? And then like not working. And I just I'm not sure that we're there yet as far as like taking non working vacations. Um that and the new like just with the timing the new website rolled out while we were in Palm Springs. So that was quite a bit of work. I guess we probably could have delayed that, but I just wasn't really in the mood to delay it anymore. So if you haven't seen our new website, you should check it out because it's beautiful. Don't you think? Yeah, it is really nice. It's a, the, the whole purpose of the new website was to reflect what we are doing now, what our message is and who we cater to. I think our old website and like I'm sure a lot of our listeners haven't been on our old website in ages or ever, but it was very much centered around us because when we started the business, it was only us. And it was, we were still like heavy, kind of heavy still into CrossFit, like kind of on the outs, like exiting the sport, but still in it. Yeah. Um. And so it's very like, there's a lot of photos of us doing CrossFit. Like, um, it's got, so it's like, more intense. Yeah. Sort of an intimidating mm-hmm. feel to it. So a lot of people will look at the website and be like, well, this isn't me. 
or I'm not an athlete. Mm -hmm. And then we have to explain like, well, most of the people that we work with are not athletes. Yeah. So I think this, like we did a couple different photo shoots to really highlight like different groups of people that we work with. Um, and the, like highlighting just like healthy food, he- healthy lifestyle and not necessarily like high level sport. Yeah. Although we do still work with some high level athletes, it's not certainly not the majority of our clients. No. So I, I'm really proud of it. And I think it, it will send the right message to people who are interested. Yeah, I am too. And it's like, I get a lot of, uh, fulfillment and joy working with people who are not high level athletes. I obviously, I do enjoy working with athletes when we get to, um, but I think a lot of people are in the habit of sort of selling themselves a little bit short and what they can do and what they can accomplish. And I think part of what we do a really good job of is we respect everyone's goals, no matter if it's to compete at the CrossFit games or if it's just to get off the couch and like run a 5k in six months. Like I get equally excited when people accomplish those goals compared to when a client ends up at the CrossFit games. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's important that that is highlighted. I, um, and I think the competitive athlete nutrition space is a little bit crowded at the moment and probably will be for a while. Um, and while like, you know, if that's, if those are the people who you like to work with, like more power, power to you, but I, I just, I find more fulfillment and joy in people who are not that. And I think that one of the big misses in the fitness space just generally is like customer led marketing and cut like when people visit uh, an Instagram page or, and honestly, like we could do a better job with that on an Instagram page. I think we're kind of feeling that out at the moment, but when people go to a website, definitely it is helpful for them to see like some version of themselves reflected back at them. You know, otherwise it, you know, they, they kind of start off with a little bit of imposter syndrome, which people probably have anyways, when they either hire a, a coach or a trainer or hire a nutrition coach, it's sort of, you go through that. Well, you know, why, why do I get this? Like, what if I don't deserve it kind of thing? Um, so I think it's helpful to, to kind of highlight the type of folks that we work with on a more regular basis. And I'm just really proud of it. It's been a project that started in, I think, June of last year is when this whole thing kind of kicked off. And then we went through um, sort of some trial and error on our own and decided back in the early fall, so I think around maybe August, to hire an actual design firm and branding company to really help us sort of bring to life the vision that we had. And it's definitely kind of an expensive way to go but I'm like, I'm really happy with the way that it looks mm-hmm. and we moved on to, and I don't, I don't know if anyone cares, but we moved from a, like a WordPress, uh, website onto a Shopify platform, which just has a more, I like that look better. I like that platform for growing e-commerce and, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels good to finally be done. I was in a, there was a, a time around like January, February, where I was just convinced that this was never going to happen. Yeah, we had, we hired like a, a photographer, a person who directed. Art director. Art director. Like we kind of went all in on this because it is so important. Yeah. And we do want anybody who's interested not to feel like 
there's no there's no space for them yeah um and i've already had a couple of my clients who are like i signed up and i got s- the service i got was something completely different than what i was expecting based on the website and to me that's like i'm so happy that now what we're doing is reflected more but um it makes me sad that someone came in and was like you know intimidated and scared yeah it's like well how many people have visited our website right and thought but then on the flip side i've had some people were like your website's freaking awesome the old one yeah but when it was it was a good website but i think the rebrand is a little more reflective of, of us. It's more colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, the The brand rolled out on Instagram on January first, so that's when we we decided to change the social media look. And then it was just a waiting game to get the website up to speed. So. Yeah, and it's important. Like we do have a pretty significant team of coaches now, so you don't want people on the website being like, "Oh, it's all Alex and Meredith," and then they get you know Jill as a coach, and they're like, "Well, who's Jill?" Right. Whereas now it's you know, we are trying to highlight our coaches a little bit more and we're not really selling Alex Meredith. We're selling tactic and it's just a little bit, it aligns more. It's for creating a brand. Yeah. And we do like one of the benefits to tactic specifically is that we, we do operate as a team, like maintaining like privacy, of course, for clients, but there's a lot of in-house discussion when, you know, client issues come up or there's a sticking point or we need validation for an approach so you really have like six or seven minds kind of working together on um, on client issues as they arise. Speaking of coaches, we recently had Lindsay back on the podcast. So I guess that would have been, well, almost two weeks ago now. Uh, there was a bit of a delay getting it up. Well, I mean, don't look at me. Okay. Uh, who do I look at then? I mean, Ivy? I guess you was can she, look at me. she responsible for this? So, <laughs> okay. I'm just going to p- explain everything. We record the podcast with Lindsay and Lindsay put a pretty significant amount of time and effort into um, researching the topic, making sure that she was up to date on the latest research. Um, like we did some, some background research as well. It was on IBS and some like GI issues, which stands for irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. Um, and GI stands for, gastrointestinal nice anyways so she comes over we do the podcast it's like 80 minutes long and then we sit around and we talk for a couple hours just about like work and things and then she goes home and meredith usually uploads the podcast like the next day she like tinkers around with it like edits the sound making sure it's all good so she goes to do that i think it was the the day after yeah and i come upstairs and she's on her computer with her head in her hands like just like not a good picture (laughs) and I'm like what what's wrong she's like I I screwed up I really screwed up I'm like what happened she was like I had your mic plugged into the wrong input and she's like (laughs) and I'm like so I'm not on the podcast she was like well you are like, but you're really, really far in the background because o- your voice is only picked up by our mics. So it's like Meredith and Lindsay are full voice like we are now. <laughs> and then I'm in the, like, it sounds like I'm off in the distance. It sounds like you're like 30 feet away yelling. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> and so it was like, I don't know. You've tried to tinker. 
basically then we got into a discussion over whether or not we felt really bad about bringing Lindsay back to do it over again because it was kind of it was a longer podcast to begin with the discussion was like phenomenal even like not on necessarily the IBS topic but the banter was really good at the beginning and end and it would just like it's hard to recreate that you can't just sit down and redo all of that again because it then it sounds a little bit contrived like yeah you just skip it and I didn't want to skip it so the solution this is the best thing that we've ever done the solution (laughs) was for me to just voice over every every single thing that I said in the podcast that was Meredith's solution and I'm like okay I didn't talk a lot on that podcast but I do remember talking there was probably I would say 60 to 70 spots in that podcast where where we had to voice over and i was like well how long is it going to take and mary's like an hour but i'm like the podcast is 80 minutes how is that possible so it required you to like listen through and mark everything which i did which took what like two hours yeah so basically i listened to the podcast and then every time alex started rambling on in the background (laughs) i would pause it and then create this little mark using the audio level on a like a, a a ghost track so basically said this is an area like this is where it needs to be edited and then i would play it pause mark it play it pause mark it and so i had each spot kind of marked and then what we would do what we did to voice over is i as soon as alex would start talking i cut the volume on my track and on Lindsay's. so volume to to zero so it's not picking up on anything. And then Alex on the re-record would say whatever it is she was saying in the background, approximately the same duration. And then like if Lindsay or if I would laugh or something, I would like cut a laugh back in to make it sound, you know, real time. It was, and okay, the worst part about this all was, and I'm very hyper aware of it today. I don't actually form a lot of real sentences I stutter a lot. I restart myself. And so when I had to play back what I said, first of all, I could barely hear myself because I'm way in the background. And then I had to like recreate what I said. You're like way in the background, not speaking English. (laughs) You're like, all right. So Meredith's like, okay, say this. Um, Yeah. So I had, well, no, I had the, mm, and so that's like how I had to talk when I was voicing over, mm-hmm. so which was embarrassing and difficult. Alex is now a, a voice actor. I don't know. I was, I was both, I'm both very proud of that story and also very embarrassed yeah. by it. It probably was 10 extra hours of work. It was, but it, it felt for some reason that felt better than making Lindsay redo it. Yeah. But at the end of that, so that was going on and then, basically our our website guys were like hey we're gonna like really push to finish this thing all at once which is code for you are about to get 1000 emails that you have to respond to individually so i'm like editing this this podcast my editing i mean like setting it up for voiceover and then like dealing with the website to get that up and like migrating shopify and like getting our email list moved and like testing for bugs and still checking in with people and i will say if you're a client of mine and you've noticed that i've been a space cadet the past 10 days like number one thank you but also that's why yeah i've just been it's kind of one of those you just it's like you you throw 
a hundred balls up in the air and then you try to catch them one by one before they land. That was, that's been the past probably two weeks for us. It was fun. It's like, you know, small business stuff, but rewarding. Definitely. I don't know if the podcast was necessarily rewarding, but I did learn a lot about editing and how to manage it. So I guess, um, and it was a great test of my patience. It was. It's really, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I mean, I saw a few times you got crazy eyes and we're like, I got, I got close. I got close. I was on the line a couple times. Yeah. I think when we were going on to like hour two of the voiceover, I was like, this is not okay. But I was like, we're too close. (laughs) We've come too far to stop doing voiceover. I just like, I, I got to the point where I was like, just cut that part. She was like, no, you can't. Lindsay has a really good answer. And I was like, okay, fine. You have to go, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was getting to that. <laughs> there point. was one thing I had to say. Okay, I think it was on York. We were talking about tattoos, and Meredith's <laughs> like, I, I have a client, and he's going head to toe. And so in the podcast, I was like, wow. And she was like, so then we had to listen back. She was like, hey, this is what you have to say. Wow. <laughs> it's like, okay, three, two, one. Wow. <laughs> That's how it went. That's actually a really good moment in that because you can really tell. Yeah. Wow. And I just <laughs> sound so dumb. <laughs> it's so great though. I hope that if you haven't listened to it, number one, I hope if you have, you'll listen back and kind of enjoy that story because you you can definitely hear real time Alex <laughs> in, the, in the background still. You probably notice you're like, what is that? Is that like does, is Brenda over? Who's in their house? No, that's Alex on the original recording, and then post-production Alex talks over real-time Alex it's kind of like when you're racing Mario Kart and you can turn on the like ghost feature where you're racing the you know for like a previous race that you did it's like that like you can get close but the the ghost racer like you're never like doing the exact same thing even if you're trying it's like that but so as a result we have a new a new mic setup for at least you we're testing out a new mic setup I am I'm on a new mic today so if it sounds weird I mean I guess I'm sorry. I'll try to make it okay. But, um, yeah, so that's the, that was kind of last week. Um, and then what I wanted to, this is sort of a nothing podcast or, I mean, it'll be something we'll get to the meat of it, but there um, is no meat. It's all meat. It's a sandwich with all toppings. Yeah. Which I don't know if you've ever that's, had those. That's They're a good way like of putting Surprisingly <laughs> good. If you just go to Subway and you're like, you know, I don't want any meat, but I do it's want. A, it's a vegetarian sandwich. Yeah. Lettuce, tomato, onions, pickles, uh, oil and vinegar, salt and pepper, oregano, banana peppers. Um, cheese. Cheese, mayonnaise, and mustard. This is that sandwich. Yeah. You're going to enjoy it and you're not going to know why you enjoy it. <laughs> But hang there's no there. take home message. So don't expect one. There isn't. I mean, like sometimes we, we come up with some nuggets on the spot. So hopefully that happens. So Just don't have high expectations. Chicken nuggies. All right. Um, okay. So the, I guess we'll start with a, a little tidbit, a little pickle, if you may, some, some shredded lettuce. When we were on our way to Palm Springs, we were going through, when you fly into the U.S., you go through U.S. Border Patrol in Canada, like in the airport, um, which is different than if you fly out of the U.S. So we go through security. We were there approximately four and a half hours early because that is what the parkers do. And there was absolutely no line in, in security or in customs. So... 
we walk right up to the front of the line and this this lady tsa agent waves us over you know and sometimes they're kind of they're moody but i could tell she was having a good day and so i couldn't she yeah she didn't like alex and we'll get to that um she asked where we're going say palm springs she takes our passports um she said what are you doing in palm springs i think i said thawing out and then maybe i winked at her um you know we're having we're having tsa banter i like to i like to test the waters to see what i can get away with with border patrol um she was she was receptive to my shenanigans and so she says, are you declaring anything or bringing anything with you? Do you have any food? And so I think Alex said, um, I have some sausages. I don't know if I had anything, maybe a sandwich. And I said, I have a pear. And well, wait, when Before we were, we left the house. I said, you can't bring those pears. You I can't bring those across the border. They only brought one. And she said, okay, one pair. There was one. And she and Meredith, in her way, her very confident manner, says, nope, that's only citrus fruit. I said, it's only apples and oranges. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. I think it's any fruit with a sticker that you and have to I be said, careful of. Well, Alex, I went across with a pear last time and they asked me and I said, I have a pear. And then they didn't <laughs> ask me to see the sticker. Therefore, pears are OK. Yeah. Well, it turns out I was wrong. Um, so the rule is for crossing the border with produce is, is I, I don't know if it varies per item, but I know for fruit, I think it has to have a sticker and come from either the U S or Canada. So anything that comes from, for example, Australia or South America is not allowed to cross the border. Why? I don't know. Because theoretically, a pair that came from Argentina would probably have to travel through the U S to get to Canada. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm making an assumption there. Maybe it goes by boat or air, but I doubt it. So anyways, tangent TSA lady asks, are you bringing any food? And I said, I have one pair. And she says, does your pair have a sticker? And in my head, I'm like, it does. And it says Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, here we go. Exactly so I, what I told her was going to happen. Here we I, go. I said, I said it does. And she said, well, what is on the sticker? And so she asked to see it. She asked to see it. So I held it up and it clearly says Argentina because I wasn't astute enough to swap the stickers like I've done in the past also. Okay. Don't give me that. I eat it on the plane. So anyways, she looks at it and um, she's like, well, we're going to have to call in ag inspection, which is basically that's the person that's going to take your food. And so I'm like, oh, it's all right. I mean, we still have four hours and 20 minutes until our flight. We don't need to be anywhere. And Alex, Alex goes, ah, what did you say? <laughs> what I always say. Which I is, told you. She said, I told you. And the TSA lady looks at Alex and she's like, hey, now, don't say I told you to her. And I was like, thank you. And Alex proceeds to be like, no, she always does this, though. This, she always does this. And I was like, well, I don't always do it. So now we're bickering in front of the TSA lady. 
And I said the, I was like the last time I brought a pair and it either didn't have a sticker or it did, and they didn't ask to see it. So I thought pairs could go across and, or no, I said, I said the last time I brought a pair and she goes, well, did they ask to see the pair? And I said, no. And she's like, well, it sounds like they didn't do their job properly. And that is not your fault. She said this to me. Meanwhile, Alex is there just like, like no. And then she's raging. like, and then she's like, excuse me. And picks up her like speaker phone and is like on the intercom, like egg to like aisle four, whatever one we were in. So the guy comes and you have to pack all your shit up and. Yeah. I mean, you just, you walk over to the pin. He has to open your backpack. He does. Yeah. You can't give him the pair. He has to see it where it originally was stored. Mm-hmm. To what assess. If, like, what if the, and so the, what happened is he took the pair and he threw it in the garbage. Um, but what happens if the pair is like crushed in your bag? And so then you have, yeah, you can take the pair, but there's like pear juice <laughs> that's contaminated all your stuff. Do you, does he that's take a good the, question. Like, he's like, I'm sorry, I have to throw your backpack away. What happens then? I don't know. But anyways, I found the exchange with the TSA woman to be refreshing and different from the interaction that I usually have with them. I am convinced that she saw my passport and saw that I was uh, a U.S. citizen and was like, don't worry, boo-boo, I got you. I'll protect you from this mean and angry Canadian who's in a rush for no reason. But I, w- I felt like I wasn't being heard. You wanted to be validated by the... She all- there's a th- I wanted to explain this. I wanted to explain that in most scenarios in our relationship, I am right and Meredith is wrong. And anytime I try to tell her how things are, she refuses to listen. In the history of our relationship, this has happened <laughs> a large number of times. So you mean kind of exactly like when you're right-clicking, copy-paste on Excel and typing in numbers after doing math on your cell phone? Does and it, I'm like, that Alex, works. That works. Alex, you can, and you're like, leave me alone. Don't look at me. I just, I felt like she was, she was acting as our therapist and she just isn't. Well, I'm assuming that she probably is the Meredith in whatever relationship. Yeah, she's maybe. In. We also went to a therapist who was like that. Also, she that he sided with you. Why do you think that is? He was biased. I think it is. He a liked your hair color more. Nature to not be biased. He was very biased. You actually believe that? Yes. You don't believe that? Just like this lady was. You're being a little bit ridiculous. A brand new person does not know our relationship. Yeah, but she knows when you should not speak to your partner what in I that think, way. No, what I think she should have done was said, in what other circumstances? So I can get the whole picture before I make judgments here on your relationship. Yes, while the line forms up behind us. There was no line because there were no people, as you mentioned. Do you think she just wanted to chat? Or did you want to chat? I felt like I was misunderstood. Mm. Well, next time we go, if she's there, we can clear that up. Okay. And just say, we, we've we seen you before, and you might recall there was an altercation regar- <laughs> regarding an Argentinian pair, and I felt like I didn't have my feelings validated. Okay. That'll go really well. But anyways. I imagine at least I will comfort myself knowing that... It- that at least 50% on this podcast are probably appalled that a TSA agent would speak to me like that. Every, if it makes you feel better, every time I try to come back into Canada, I get heckled by your border agents. You do. Every single And you got randomly selected. 
I did. I got randomly selected for random quote randomly selected for COVID testing. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Randomly select the non-citizen. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that seems random. You dicks. Anyways, I'm negative. If anyone cares, do you care? Did I tell you? You did. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the next airport story. Alex, when I was away in North Carolina, you recorded a podcast all by your little lonesome self. And and I nailed it. That did not paint me in a particularly <laughs> good light. And so when I was traveling back to North Carolina, I did a, a, an ask me anything in the airport. And a lot of people said, what is your solo podcast going to be on? And I said, I'm thinking about doing a podcast on how Alex tried to break up with me, did break up to me in this exact airport, the Chicago airport. Chicago O'Hare. Every time I go into that airport, I have PTSD. So I'm doing you the favor of including you on this podcast. As requested. While we tell this story. So the year is 2017. Wait, hold hold up. You're right. First, first I want to say, I want to preface all of this. Meredith and I have a very, very solid relationship. In fact, we are booking dates for our wedding. It is solid, but it is real. And we don't like to sugarcoat things for you. We like to be honest and vulnerable. And so please enjoy the story. <laughs> Knowing that like, I'm sure most people have bumps and, and potholes along the way. This was a, I believe I would classify this as a sinkhole, <laughs> but we'll okay, get to whatever. it. Okay. The year is 2017. I had met Alex at Wadapalooza in person early that year. And we basically start dating immediately as gay girls sometimes do. I mean, I wasn't monogamous to you at that point. But. You were monogamous. You were still active on Tinder. Um, at some point you shut that down. And then we began a long distance. <laughs> when you <laughs> saw it on my phone, I was like, oh, I got to get rid of this. I got I to gotta at least move this onto the second screen. Um, <laughs> I got to move it onto the third, the third screen. So you swipe and then there's like a blank second screen and then you swipe again and there's only tender Pro on the tip, third screen. Put it in a folder. That's what do you name that folder? It's like applications. <laughs> <laughs> Not used. <laughs> Retired. <laughs> but yeah. yet active. You would like knowing you, you would name the folder used sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> used when mad <laughs> anger <laughs> i hate her <laughs> um <laughs> what else goes into that folder <laughs> really unsightly photos that you've taken of me in the past <laughs> yeah something like that that the, po the photo when you're it's like running photos that you you manage to snap as the person's foot hits the ground yes. and their face sinks you're like so they look about 85 years yeah, old the ugliest pictures all of those plus tinder okay so then i finally took tinder off but anyways we were pretty much dating yeah and so we had um we had spent the summer together and we're kind of doing the long distance traveling relationship and had discussed uh some at some point across the at, at, like during the summer about me moving to calgary and that was kind of the the plan because i wasn't doing anything in north carolina i was gonna move anyways you probably heard this story so um 
now it's late summer 2017, um, midsummer, let's call it July. Alex gets called by Dave Castro to be to go test workouts in San Diego. And this is kind of like this is this is the moment for me where there was like the first ping of jealousy. Extreme jealousy. Extreme. We were actually in Toronto for Pride. We like, Yeah, that's right. And so we flew back to North Carolina after Pride. And then Alex basically flew to San Diego for how many days? I think it was like four days. Four days. Test workouts and then comes back. So there was like it was in it was back when Dave used to live in Carlsbad. Yeah. Um, so definitely like tinge of jealousy, but fine. Like happy that you're getting this opportunity, I guess. Sounds really fun. Um, comes back and you're like complaining about being sore, but you're not allowed to tell me why you're sore. <laughs> you're like, oh, my hands are really sore. And I'm like, from what? And you're like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I was not rude. I can't, I can't tell you why my thumb muscles are sore. I'm like me, I'm like, well, that's kind of like weird okay anyways um so yeah then so yeah you have to sound you have to sign a non-disclosure and it is a big beefy Mm non-disclosure it's like we're gonna take all of your money and ruin your life if you break this um and alex being the very buttoned up lawyer that she is did not break it nor did i when i participated yeah so anyways um go on with our summer and then she gets called to be officially on the demo team, which I think was a, a surprise to no one. Um, but that just means that she gets a free trip to the games, gets to stay in the really nice hotel. Um, just a really cool experience. So you get to be in the in crowd kind of circle and the same year. So 2017 was the year that I had to pull out of regionals because of my elbow, like on paper, like I had a probably pretty good chance of qualifying that year just cause I was in really good shape and the workouts were like home runs, but I was hurt. So bummed for that. And then also my sister qualified for the games on her team kind of out of nowhere. They, I don't think that anyone had her team on the radar and then they just crushed regionals and, um, qualified for the game. So here I am in 2017 thinking like previously thinking this is the year that I might qualify for the games and my sister instead is going to the games. I'm not going to the games. And Alex is going to the games on demo team. So I think subconsciously <laughs> I was having a lot of feelings, but mostly just trying to be happy and excited for everybody. Yeah, but you weren't fooling anyone. I think I did fool people for a while. Yeah, until you got there. So, <laughs> yeah, this is, I guess there's moments where like you're definitely... I mean, I was 27 years old or 28. I am a like a grown ass adult, but acting like a big ass baby. So that was 2017 CrossFit Games. I think it started out like fine and good, but mostly I didn't really get to see Alex that much. Like we hung out maybe on the first day a little bit and you, you kind of wanted to do your thing with the demo, the demo team. And then, well, I was there early before you too yeah so i met you there and got to i did get to stay in the hotel with you which was nice and then so my time was kind of split with hanging out with my sister and her team and then like kind of trying to meet up with you occasionally but then like i was 
I think I had started to become a little bit pouty and the, the weather was bad and you sensed that. So you started avoiding me because you're like, well, I don't want her to rain on my parade. But then I'm like, well, why doesn't Alex want to hang out with me? Which just made my mood worse. So then we just got into this like cycle of yeah emotions. It was hard because like we were still in that like honeymoon phase of our relationship and like hadn't really had any issues argued or fought yeah had no issue had had no issues really yep um so that kind of went on for the whole week and then the final day um we went out i don't know we went out to some bars or something for the like the after parties i think you you were trying to like ditch me there and so i was like yeah i think at that time i was like i don't think this is gonna work out yeah, relationship-wise. Yeah. Because I was being emo and you were... Which just su- sucks because, like, for, you know, the five months leading up to that point, it was amazing. 10 out of 10. Yeah. And then it was, like, 0 out of 10 all of a sudden. Well, and instead of, like... Zero, really? Doing what I do is, Which, like, making rash decisions in the moment of how I'm feeling rather than looking at the big picture. Which now I know yeah. is what you do. But yeah. at this point, I had not experienced the rash <laughs> and irrational version of you yeah so i basically had decided it wasn't going to work out so what do i do i get blackout drunk and um (laughs) i don't really remember much of that night we go home i remember emily abbott was in our room at one point (laughs) i don't remember what she was doing um i think she wanted us to like rally yeah i was like i can't rally (laughs) i'm in bed and i'm still mad yeah so there was no rallying that happened and then the next day we get up pack up get on a bus to go back to the chicago airport where we're gonna fly back to calgary number one uh, i'm hungover and number two alex is not talking to me and i think that's because in your mind you were formulating how the hell am i going to tell this girl to get out of my life in the airport when she's supposed to fly back to calgary so we get maybe 30 minutes away from the airport. It actually might have been sooner in no, the bus I, ride. No, I feel like we were talking most of the bus ride. Once it... Yeah. We were talking about this. Yes. Mm. So I don't remember how long we talked, but the end result was you're not coming back to Calgary. I think like five minutes before we arrived to the airport, I was like, this isn't, this isn't happening. You can't come back. I don't really want to see you again. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I like we get off the bus in the at the Chicago airport and I'm like, well, I have a ticket to Calgary. Uh, I'm not I'm no longer going to Calgary. So I go to the, the ticket counter and then I'm like, I have a ticket to Calgary. I need you to help. I'm, I'm going to go to Raleigh instead back home to North Carolina, which I realize is in the opposite direction. And so. She's like, yeah, perfect. I can help you out. That will be $850. <laughs> Cause they, I should have just bought a new ticket. They charged me a change fee and then the ticket. And I'm like, why didn't I just not get on that flight and buy a new one and go home? I didn't know you could do that. Mm. But anyways, um, so bought a new ticket and kind of like headed, headed towards my gate. But then like, I think we were, I was texting you cause I was like, well, why don't we meet up? Cause I was trying to kind of salvage some semblance of our relationship at that point like maybe i can like say something and she won't be so mad and we can reconnect when i'm back home and yeah i think that i don't remember if you came to see me or not i don't think you did 
I think I did. Did you? I can't exactly recall. Because deep down you were like, oh no, I'm being crazy. No. <laughs> I, I think, and this, this story always makes me a little bit sad, but because I think about us, us now and I think, how could I ever want to have broken up with you like that? But up to that point, I had only had a series of like three, four, five month relationships with men and women. And it was always just like, it kind of just starts going south really quickly with it, it had in my, in my history. And like, I knew, and it wasn't like on, on account of like a fight necessarily with those relationship. It just kind of was like, you just over the course of like, you know, two, three weeks a month, you just start like seeing things that just like don't really match with what you're looking for. And so it's like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I sensed was happening with us rather than it just being the circumstance that was kind of like the perfect storm. Yeah. And like not really giving you the benefit of the doubt, like not putting myself in your shoes and yeah. And I think because like it was like you couldn't take space. It wasn't like we were dating like in the same city where it's like, okay, let's go home and like take the weekend away from each other and then like maybe meet up for coffee. It was like you were coming back to Calgary to stay in my one bedroom apartment with me. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I cannot have that right now. Um, but yeah, it's like, it does, it, it does make me sad to to think back. It does to think that I like put you in that scenario. It's like, well, that means a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's okay. It is one of those, I think was a, a pretty important learning opportunity. And even like looking back and how 2018 went. So, okay, well, let's back up. So I go back home to North Carolina. I think we took maybe three weeks where we didn't really speak, just like space. And then I invited myself back to Calgary uh, (laughs) under the the guise of, well, I signed up to do this OPT competition, so I have to come do it. And then Alex, I think because you were, were not willing to admit this, but then I think on some level you were like, okay, you allowed it because... I was like, well, I'm obviously going to stay in your apartment. (laughs) (laughs) It was so weird. You were very persistent. You weren't really taking no for an answer. Oh, kind of. I was like, but you also weren't really asking. It was weird. But did it work? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I come back for that competition. I'm a big sap. So I brought Alex's, I brought your birthday present, which is in, it was like a month later. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to see you on your birthday. So I wanted to bring you this gift. You're like, I want to give it to you whether this works out or not. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. She's not going to get me though. I'm going to stand strong. (laughs) She doesn't know who she's dealing with. (laughs) So anyways, um, that happened. I ended up, I ended up coming back and I did that competition. I didn't want to do that competition because at the time my foot was broke AF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my, I had like annihilated one of my toes, but I was like, what's the worst that happens? It's worth it. So I did the competition with a broken toe and did quite well. And then was back for your birthday. And then we kind of, I guess, rekindled the flame. <laughs> you just would not stop and honestly 
there was, and I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but like there was something that really made me really like, besides um, your personality, the, the, the amount that I felt that you like liked me and cared for me, like right from the start was like one of the things that I think really drew me to you. It was like genuine on, on a, like there was no, it just felt very pure. I'm a very pure person. And like, I felt that the whole, the whole time it was like, I just like, you wouldn't let up. And it, I kind of liked that. Like, and I'm obviously appreciative of it now, but like you just would not let up. No. And I think deep down, like as much as that kind of annoyed me, cause I'm like, well, what's going to happen here? Like, I thought we were done. It was like, well, I kind of like that. She's still around. I still like seeing her name pop up on my phone. I think that's the ultimate test. Like what emotion do you have when you see someone's name pop up on your mm-hmm. phone? Is it like happiness, joy, adoration, or is it like, ugh, to block this, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the former. Yeah. So I think we had, we had kind of reestablished that relationship. And then in 2018, I, I think that had 2017 not happened and had the games not happened and had we not, at least for me. And I, I think you too had an understanding of how like, it's not even jealousy. It's, it's legit. It's like competitiveness mixed with FOMO. It's like, we're so competitive both individually. Yeah. And probably like at that time anyways, this like baseline a little bit petty when someone gets something that you don't that it makes it really hard to remain 100% happy for your partner or for me, also my sister in moments where I feel like they're getting opportunities that I am equally qualified for and deserve for some reason. Mm -hmm. But that's just, that was immaturity at that time. I'm not that, certainly not that person anymore. Um, but I think had we not had that experience in 2017, I think 2018 would have been, a monumental challenge more monumentous than it already was, Mm -hmm. which I think that is still something people probably don't have a full grasp of, of how that felt and the impact that that had or could have had on our relationship being so competitive with each other in a very competitive region. And then in an extremely competitive regional where we're kind of like, yeah, we're, we're finishing within one or two places of each other. Like we're, we're literally fighting for that, the same fifth place spot to go to the games, which ultimately we both do want. It's like, even though you want your partner to have success and be happy, there's a, 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 there are situations where that success and happiness does come at the expense of your success. And when you're fighting for one qualifying spot, that is that situation. Yeah. Like at that point, so I'd been to the games in 2015 this is 2018. Meredith finishes sixth and I finish eighth. And the top five go to the games. And honestly, like I'm almost embarrassed to say, but in the spirit of openness, like I was relieved that you didn't make it. Cause I was like, that would have been so hard for me. Been being close, not making it, but then having to like 
manage my feelings. Like at least if I don't make it, I can just be like, Hey, moving on. But if you make it, it's like, it's pushed. It's almost pushed in your face. Yeah. Not that you would purposely push it in my face or make me feel bad. Well, it's but impossible not to. It's like, you're going to see Meredith training for the games. You're going to, you know, have to be a part of it. You're gonna have to support her in that way rather than just kind of like turning a blind eye or being on the demo team, which apparently I was an option until you ended up making it. Cause mm-hmm. Emily Abbott ended up having to get, um, disqualified. Yeah. So and Meredith did end up going. And then I was kind of like, that was upsetting for me, but also difficult because I was also happy for you because I love you. Yeah. And then knowing like, I'm not going to be on the demo team anymore. Like now I have to be in like this like supportive role, which like in all honesty, never in my life have I been a supporter. Like <laughs> never one time when I had a knee injury, I supported my sister through her season and cause I had nothing better to do. Yeah. But that was just different. And I think back to your point about like feeling like FOMO and not, and not being jealousy, both of us being kind of highly successful through our like teenage years in school, in ath- athletics, and then like in our careers, like any job I applied for or wanted, I kind of got same with you. Like we, we neither one of us had ever experienced like not getting something, yep. not qualifying, not, and then having somebody close to us get it. Yep. And even like the demo team in 2017, I knew you were better than me. And you knew that. I was like, uh, you want Alex to do Amanda (laughs) 45? You, Alex Parker, Amanda 40. Okay. All right. I think at that one, I could string like four or five muscle ups together, (laughs) which, hey, it was fine. I broke it up and I did okay. But anyways, um, it was complicated. And like I said, we've discussed it. But yeah, that like, that Chicago experience was just horrible. But we came out of it on top. Yeah. I bet you that more, I bet you more couples than you realize probably have had a pseudo breakup in their relationship at some point. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. And this is a little bit of my immaturity shining through with relationships. And I blame it partially on coming out so late in my life and not really having a significant, meaningful relationship until I was like 26. Yep. Um, but I kind of thought like when, and maybe, I don't know, I, I, I definitely had seen my parents fight, but nothing insane. And I think they kind of kept like arguments behind closed doors to a certain extent. And I, I kind of thought like when you have a really bad fight, like it, it's over. Like wh- how can I look at you in a moment when we're arguing and feel hatred like feel so mad that I never, I don't think I'll ever not be mad again and think like, how can I go on with this person? And so my response in those moments is like, we have to break up. And the situation you, is you were always like, what are you doing? I was like, like, we, we have to split. I'm like, <laughs> why are you being so dramatic? But Number like, f- I probably said we should break up. Not going to lie. 15 times in the first couple years. Yeah, your ability to handle conflict was not really no, okay. and it went from like zero to ten. Like one part of that was your like you were working in a tr- like yeah horrible this, the high stress environment, but still that's no excuse. No, but I hey, but I'm not the only one who's done that. Like I talked to one of my friends who was like, I used to be like that too. Yeah, it's like you you're so like baseline stressed out that you can't even you can't handle the thought of another person adding even like an ounce of additional stress to your yeah. life so you're just like i ha- you have to get out 
you need to leave <laughs> of my life forever don't ever text me again yeah don't even look at me right now <laughs> yeah and uh, then you would like come over and like touch my arm and you're like i hate when that works <laughs> you know yeah i hate that you know exactly what to do but um i read this book uh it's called attached yeah and i may have mentioned this before but um it's a really good read especially if you're in a relationship like ours or if you've been in one that maybe hasn't worked out and it describes like three different relationship styles one is avoidant and that's that kind of the descriptor is of avoidant like relationship styles are people who have maybe have like a mistrust or they've been cheated on before or they feel yeah they're just like they're they don't want to open up to somebody um and they'll usually like exit a a relationship before it even kind of gets going and then there's insecure and those are the people who feel like deep down they maybe don't deserve love there's still a level of like mistrust but it's like you don't necessarily trust the other person's like feelings and behaviors it's like oh you're faking it and then there's secure which is like the healthiest relationship style and that's somebody who's like acknowledges that there are going to be bumps in the road but like are you going to be solid and there and they're okay like making sure that a person who's insecure or avoidant feels as loved and supported as possible i am a mix of avoidant and insecure you are secure and they say in the book that if you're an insecure person and you're with an avoidant person it almost never works out they straight up say that they're like if you are in this relationship you probably should just get out now yeah it's pretty harsh but it i dated somebody who was avoidant and it didn't work out it was awful whereas like with you it was like i you were secure and you just opened yourself more vulnerable like time after time knowing that i was like pushing you away most of the time yeah especially in like rough rough situations yeah i think there's we've both developed some sensitivity to i think how the other person is and i think that's probably natural with relationships but i do think that I mean, I talk to a lot of people and I'm, you know, I think like, wow, you're in a relationship or you're married and you're like, your communication is not good, which maybe your communication with your partner doesn't have to be that good. But I think one of the, there are many benefits to being in a same sex relationship, if you ask me. And one of those, at least from my perspective is, I don't know, you're just a way better communicator than men. (laughs) Um, and for me, like I, I tend to, um, and maybe I think it's because I, I have spent most of my life, at least my, my teenage and adult years making decisions independently. Like I just, I, I have been a very independent person, maybe, you know, with the exception of involving my sister in decisions, but I've just sort of like had to confidently walk down the life path that I choose, even if it's the wrong path, which was for a while but make decisions, own those decisions and own what happens. And so I, it's like my pattern of communication is to kind of just like do instead of, I don't run things by people. A lot of the times I buy things without running the idea of buying things by you. A lot of the times, like I just, I set my mind like, okay, I'm doing this, do it. And I think that has been after the Chicago thing and kind of getting through 2018, that continues to be our biggest sort of source of conflict. Yeah. Is that I, I tend towards under communicating 
And you tend towards over communicating. Mm -hmm. One of our, and we've been to a couple, like not for a long period of time, but to get an understanding of what might be going on when we keep having the same conflict over and over. It's like, we can't, we're just going in circles, like spinning our wheels a little bit, struggling to get on the same page and understand each other. So we've been to two, two different therapists. Brenda and Michael. Brenda and Michael. Michael was the one that always. Not your mom. Brenda, Brenda liked me. <laughs> so we went to a different one and Michael liked Meredith. I was like, we can't go see Brenda anymore. <laughs> so now I'm like, we can't go see Michael again. They did help though. They did. They, they do kind of add a, um, more of an objective perspective. Brenda said to dip your wrists in water and Michael said to go for a walk. <laughs> Both helpful advice. But yeah, I mean, I think there have been moments that we struggled, but I once heard too, like if you're not fighting with your significant other, then something's wrong. So that makes me feel better. Sometimes. I read that too. I, whenever, sometimes we get into it and I, I like Google things just to make myself feel better. And a lot of the, the sites, on communication and conflict that I read is like conflict and argument and relationships is actually a really good thing because it means that you care and you can, even if it's dysfunctional communication, sometimes you can at least communicate. Yeah. And, and there's a desire. Knowing that and improving on it. Yeah, exactly. Like getting tips and stuff from therapists was really helpful for us. One of the best tips that, um, I read and if you, if you get into arguments with your partner, as you probably anyone in a relationship probably does. Sometimes those arguments can kind of feel like personal and really piss you off um, because we have a tendency to take things personally. But one of the things that I read that can be really helpful is that, um, well, two things. I'll start with the first. The, the, the first is what your body language during a, a, a fight and during an argument can, can do. And so they have done these studies with couples who I don't know how they set these studies up, but I, I don't know how psychology or like relationship studies go. But anyways, they evaluate couples who fight and they say couples who turn away from each other or close themselves off. So think about if you're like, if you're facing each other and one person starts to turn away, so they're exposing more of their back. Maybe they're crossing their arms and legs to like close off the front of their body. That has a negative out, like a, it leads to a negative outcome the conflict so it extends it it doesn't resolve this and this versus couples who in even if one person it doesn't even have to be both people but if one person actively turns towards the other person and like doesn't cross their arms doesn't cross their legs like leaves the front of their body open um that results in more conflict resolution so you're more likely to end in a, a positive way so there's a body language thing and then the second, if your arguments tend to get heated, if you not in like in addition to turning towards the person, if you like it, it may seem counterintuitive to like give that person a hug, but even like reaching out and touching their arm while you're having a, a argument or their leg or something that um, that counteracts the like the tension or the negativity. And it says like, Works I'm like a charm still here. I'm your person that does it. Because I've done it a few times. You've done it and it yeah. helps. I have not tried it yet. Yeah. It um, like immediately. I have not been on the giving side of that yet. Yeah. It's really, I will say, um, 
it's a really hard thing to do. It's one, it's like one of those, like the newer things that I'm trying in our relationship. Uh, I've done it maybe four times and every single, you're like, I can't fucking believe I'm going to touch her, but <laughs> fuck. okay. I'll just touch her arm. Like it's, you really, there's like a mental block. Like you don't want to do it. Yeah. But it's because well, it you, feels like you're the one giving in. Yeah. And that's the other thing is you don't want to start playing the game of like, well, I extended the olive branch last time. <laughs> the so it's out. Alex's turn to extend. Like, it's just, it's such a, that's such a useless way to resolve conflict. Like, cause then everything is a tit for tat. And I don't think that's a good way to go. Yeah. And life. we don't like tats, just tits. <laughs> Love tits. Um, but yeah, those are my, that's kind of my, my recent strategy. We've had, conflict. we've had times where like, our, our like fights just get so bad because we're both holding out. They're not even fights anymore. No, literally the You're fight. You're just <laughs> holding out for some reason. Okay, so. And so like there's been a couple moments where like we'll just be like sitting across from each other and then one of us like. You just kind of like <laughs> crack a smile and it's like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? But like here's how it goes and you might find this. I hope people find this relatable. Otherwise they're going to be listening like, holy This whole shit. podcast is going to ruin everything. Um. <laughs> Sometimes when you get into fights and I'm sure that this happens with like parents, like, like, you know, kid parents, I'm sure it happens with siblings, but you get into a fight and number one, you end up arguing about, so it starts about like a specific thing. So like a specific grievance. And then while you're, you're discussing the specific grievance, you do what any normal person would, would do in this situation and you start thinking about all the past grievances that confirm, you know, your very sour opinion of your partner or sibling or whatever. So now you're fighting about past grievances 100%. and pattern of behavior. And then it gets to a point like, okay, point made. Um, dis- like, I disagree that I'm an asshole. Like, you think that I'm the worst. So then you start fighting about the fight itself mm-hmm. and so we, you we've been doing that yeah you fight about the thing and then you fight about the previous things and then it's it, then it becomes well if you had just brought it up in this way <laughs> or if you had just asked this then instead of saying this you should have said i felt like this when you did this do you yeah. start you start having an argument about the like specific conflict style such a waste yeah, of time. it really is every time it happens I'm like god what a waste but <laughs> half a day yeah anyways i hope that this normalizes this a little bit to people who get into arguments and think like why am i with this person you're with this person because you love them and you have a great life together and 99 percent of the time is very good but when you put two strong-willed passionate hard-working people together with who share a lot of personality traits yeah and differ in some key ways you're gonna fight and that's okay one of my clients recently had a um an anniversary like a 35 or something it was up there and we were talking about relationships i'm like i like i find relationships can be very difficult sometimes like i do and she was like oh yeah they're really hard but like the the good like it's easy to look at the bad and think like oh there's so many difficult parts of it like navigating like Mm -hmm. agreeing compromising all the stuff like even just the like how much more efficient I am when I'm by myself. I'm like, Oh, can I imagine what I'd be, how much, how much more efficient I'd be if I was single. But she said like, but you know, there's like, but having somebody who's like, you have somebody who 100% will have your back 
all the time. Yeah. And like the, the great things about having a relationship greatly override some of the negative stuff. But, and it's like, I don't know, keeps things, keeps you on your toes. It does. <laughs> I mean, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's a good, that's a good point. I think there's this, there, you want to believe that the right relationship or a good relationship will just be easy all the time. And partially cause like, I mean, this was happening before social media, but all you see on social media are people's wedding pictures, yeah. anniversaries, like their family photos with their kids. And it's like, Oh my God, these people live like idealistic lives. How come we're fighting? Yeah. And that's not true. And then even before social media, you have people like young families and, and couples who like, maybe you go to the same church or, you know, you, you interact through you work groups and all you ever see is like the most perfect version of Mm -hmm. a family or of a couple. And you get the idea that like, well, they're just this way all the time. And that's probably why they're so happy. And that's just not true. I mean, not like you should be unhappy most Mm -hmm. of the time, but I think that's some, I think the social media thing, like for me, that's part of it. Like I, I'm like, I, how are we fighting so much? Like this is abnormal. And I'm like, well, who, I don't know what's normal. Where's like it's the bar easy to for say, normal? Oh, like we don't do this enough or we don't like, or we do this too much, but it's like, everyone's different. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think there is like a level where you can get to it to being toxic, but yeah, as long as like you're working and like, I don't know. I'm, I think ha- having, and I, I, I used to be kind of embarrassed about like saying that I have ever been to a therapist, but fact of the matter is like, there's, they're hugely, especially with more talk about like mental health and stuff, they can be hugely beneficial and, and valuable. Yeah. And even if it's just to like talk to somebody once or twice, just to get like somebody be like, okay, here's like almost like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a reboot. Yeah. I agree. So, um, but we're still together and we're going strong. We are planning a wedding, doing all kinds of things together with our life making big decisions or delaying making big decisions (laughs) (laughs) whatever yeah whatever feels right in the moment um yeah speaking of toxic internet instagram culture the um this is just kind of a i guess a bit of a gripe well in this one on a gripe the instagram algorithm which like we were holding out for so long for this to to hopefully switch back or um go away but if you haven't noticed instagram is really into video content especially reels like the the short form under 60 seconds really under 30 seconds is even better and that is not our jam like we have done with tactic written content since day one because it's just so much easier to convey and condense and deliver information in a concise way yeah plus most of the time we spend our days in our pajamas and no bra yeah so it makes it hard to like you have to like get ready to yeah do. um so it's kind of a pain and then like on a more like a, a personal note we're both like our whole our whole organization i think all of our coaches and ourselves included are probably on the introvert side of the uh personality type spectrum and like sh- putting your face in front of a camera and talking to 20,000 people is not the most comfortable thing to do or like dancing around or just being on camera generally. Like 
Well, not to mention specifically nutrition. It is highly debatable. I don't think it is. It's it's not really, but it is. Well, there's just because there are a lot of opinions yeah, out there. And and so putting yourself out there in that way, like with your face and your words, like I guess not that we hide behind the written word, but, but it is a little be, easier. You can be really cautious with how what you decide to say comes across like, yeah. And you're not tied to like one minute. Yeah. You can, you can provide all of the necessary context. You can qualify things by saying, by, by pointing out like situations to which what you, what you're saying may not apply. And you try to do that. You can't do it in 60 seconds. You have to omit context. You have to, like, you can't qualify things like no one wants to watch a, a video where you're you're qualifying every single thing that gets said. That would not be a good video. And so I think by condensing information and trying to deliver it in a semi-entertaining way in less than 60 seconds, you're inviting a lot of criticism because you have to leave out nuance and you have to leave out context. And um, yeah, that happened kind of the other day when we did that video on we did one video on metabolism and like, even though I know like exa exactly what I'm saying and I know that it's 100% correct because it's backed by research. I, in that video, which is like 50 seconds long, I didn't point out, like I didn't say anything about hormones because in my mind, I'm like hormones and metabolism are two completely different systems and they have, they affect different parts, like different things. And, um, yeah, it it was the video as a whole was was really well received, but there were a couple people who pointed that out and I was like, "Ah, shit, like that context is actually really important." And I had left it out of both the video and the caption, which for reels is more difficult to go back and edit. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah, I followed up with a long much longer video. Cuz the last thing I want to do is is give people the impression that we're just doing thing for like doing things for clicks. Or we're just doing, we just want quick views or um, we're assholes who don't think about things like menopause. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because the week, I mean, the week before Jess Griffith put up that bullshit about do these exercises to get rid of cellulite. And that is like the worst version of how to be on the Internet as a like fitness and health yeah, it's preying on people's insecurities to get them to sign up for your program. Yeah. But we cleared the air using a video and it was very well received. My gripe is that anytime you post anything, and I know this is an insecurity that a lot of people deal with, our coaches, we have discussions with our coaches, like put yourself out there, like your clients want to know what you're up to, like we want to know what you're up to, like be a person, like say what you know, like share information, all of this stuff. But it's hard because number one, like you think people don't care, which I don't think is true. And secondly, like there are so many people who are just like, I don't know, unhappy in their lives and feel the need to shit on you and like make rude comments. Like if, if I don't, if there, there's, there's healthy conversation and debate and then there's just being rude 
and unfortunately on the on social media there are a lot of people who are straight up rude so every time you put a video up or something about your life or a story like you are opening yourself up to those rude comments yeah like i got them a ton when i was like kind of like before like posting fitness i don't know it just i used to get a lot of like you look like a man type yeah and like that as much as i like didn't care because i was confident in what i was doing and what my body was capable of it does leave a little bit of a scar every time that happens yeah and like those are little and even like the slightest thing like oh you're looking if so for some people it's like oh your legs are looking really strong it's like even for some people that can be like a triggering kind of like yeah what do you mean every time you post you're opening yourself up to something yeah and you have to have thick skin um it's obviously a little bit easier to do it on the business platform but still like you do deal with people who are questioning your knowledge yeah and it's difficult it is it really is and the the videos make it more so but we also understand that they're entertaining and yeah like i I read something that social media is is entertainment first information second Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's true and that's why those short videos get so much attention yeah um because you can have the best information out there but if you can't deliver it even if you're doing written content, if you can't deliver it in a way that is um, engaging, easy to understand and digest and easy to read, it's not going to get any traction. And we've seen people deliver information like that. where you are like, yeah, that's really, really good information. But it's like, why is it so boring? Why, why did you pick that as your image? Why not do a video kind of thing? Um, so we're sort of, we're dabbling with, with the videos and sort of figuring out what is going to work for us and it sucks because it does take it, it is a bit more time consuming to do those but yeah but it's learning it's a good learning opportunity yeah i remember like at one point it was difficult for us to po- to write posts every day yeah to put posts up every day and now it's we do a post every single day and it's not difficult the most difficult part of it sometimes is figuring out what we're going to write about and this is no different it's just it's building the habit of of doing it yeah I guess, so I put, well, I can end on the story. It's been a bit of a long podcast, but I put up, we put up a video of, of me talking about motivation. And, and as soon as it went up, I was like, I don't, I want it to be taken down. Like my voice, like I stumbled on that sentence. I said success twice in one sentence. Like I'm so critical of that video. And I, it was well received. It wasn't like it didn't break the internet, but it was like a lot of people were like, oh, I like this message. But in my mind, I'm like, people think it's stupid. People didn't like it. It rubbed people the wrong way. People didn't understand it. Like that's what's going through my head all day long. Yeah. But I'm also proud of myself that I, I stuck, stuck it up there and left it. And like it, when people commented to like respond back in a way that like bolster what I had to say and that sort of thing. Um, but it's hard. Sometimes I think about like writing a book and I think about like, what if I write a book and then you have to put that book out there and then it like goes on to Goodreads and gets reviews or like Amazon. Like how do people who write books, how do they handle that? Yeah, that would be difficult or any artist for that matter. Yeah. Music like yeah artists think like all that stuff you put so much effort into it's not like a post where it's like okay we missed the mark 
But then I think, so LCK wrote a blog or a post yesterday about how um, she was nominated for some like top blogger thing in like 2013. Yeah. And she's like, I actually cringe when I, when I looked at that picture, that certificate that I ha- I got um, because when I, I've actually deleted all of my blogs from back then, from f- like five years of blogging because the information I was putting out does not align with what I believe in now. Yeah. And, you know, even Jordan Syatt said something the other day about like, he used to believe things that just aren't true anymore. Like he believes the opposite. And I don't know. I think especially with nutrition, it being such a young field and nutrition coaching specifically being brand new relative, um, owning that you've, I think the most important thing is owning that you make a mistake and correct yourself. Yeah. So putting something out there, don't be afraid to put something out there if you actually believe in it. And like, you you know, you're not being malicious or trying to do things for, for, you know, selfish reasons. I don't think there's anything wrong with like worrying about maybe saying one, the wrong word or the wrong sentence or putting out something about metabolism mi- missing the mark. Yeah. But having, having the, the responsible reaction to say like, hey, we missed the mark here. Yeah. Here's some more clarification. Where I think like, it would go along and this is, this is not going to happen. And it's like, I know that it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, I don't know anything, but I can assume like Jess Griffith, that like predatory post about getting rid of cellulite, doing these exercises that you can buy from her program. Like she, the only thing she did after she started getting tons of heat on that post was delete it. The dirty delete. That was it. I think it would have gone a long way for her to come on and say, look, like, um, all I want is for people to be healthy and happy. And if that means losing some extra body fat that makes you feel better, great. If that means moving your body and just like being happy with what it is and what it can do for you on a daily basis. Awesome. Like that is all I want here. And that's what I'm trying to do. And that post that I put up was inappropriate. And I am sorry for that. Like I'm going to, going to like change my tune, shift my messaging away from that and try to be better. But she's going to do it again. And that's, I mean, you know, I mean, can't again, say that I don't sure. know, but, um, but we did it for her. Yeah. I took care of that and I will continue to take care of taking out the trash. It's, on a, it's, it's a minefield out there. It really is. Yeah. It is. I guess um, what I hope is, is when like, and people do do this, like when you do miss the mark, there is a way of saying like, hey, I think you missed the mark here. Yeah. But being like uh, aggressive is not the answer. No. Wrong. Don't do that. People do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, do you have a reference that you could provide for this? I think this is interesting and not not in line with what I've read before. Yeah. That's how you say that. Anyways, Um, that was a giant, 12 inch sandwich with no meat (laughs) but delicious toppings so thanks for yeah listening to that anything else alex nope all right uh we'll catch you guys again soon meredith and alex and ivy out